Friday to you and welcome back to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. It's our weekly list of five things you should know about. And I'm your host, Sarah Rupel. We are heading into the weekend before Thanksgiving, and I know it is a busy time. I know you're out there trying to get in front of your clients before the Thanksgiving holiday, so thank you for taking the time to listen today. We really appreciate the support. First and foremost on our list, number one, the Kaiser Family Foundation has published their first look, the Spotlight on Medicare Advantage Enrollment for 2023, and I always love getting an early sneak peek at some of those numbers. And then, of course, that report usually comes with two or three other articles that have some great statistics in them as well. So starting out, let's take a look at official numbers from the newest analysis. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, the average Medicare beneficiary has a choice of 43 Medicare Advantage plans. I cannot even imagine trying to navigate through that number of choices, and that's just Medicare Advantage. That doesn't even cover the MedSup options if your client is choosing between Original Medicare and Medicare Advantage. But my point here is this. The average is up from 38 plans last year and has steadily increased. We know that Medicare Advantage plans are growing in popularity. 48% of all eligible beneficiaries, more than 28 million Medicare beneficiaries, have made the choice to enroll in them. Potential beneficiaries have a lot of options to sort through, and they need your help to wade through that process, to really understand what they need to be considering when they're purchasing a plan. And of course, that means not just thinking about premium price, but all of the costs that will likely be incurred. Figuring in their current health status, prescriptions, the doctors they like to go to, making sure that your clients are thinking about the whole picture so that they're not surprised when something is or is not covered or when they're expected to pay. Number two. I mentioned that along with that study, there were some accompanying articles and tables, one of which is a table of enrollees in individual plans with extra benefits by benefit and firm. Now, I love visuals like this that highlight a lot of information in one place. So this comparison gives us a snapshot of benefits found in Medicare Advantage plans from United Healthcare. Humana, Blue Cross Blue Shield, CVS Health, Kaiser Permanente, Centene, and Cigna, and then an average of those carriers for an overall industry picture. And it then breaks down benefits in the majority of MedAdvantage plans, like vision, hearing, fitness, and dental benefits. Those are offered in almost all plans nowadays, and the lowest percentage was still in the 90th percentile. Other benefits tracked included those that vary across carriers, like over-the-counter benefits, remote access, meals, acupuncture, and transportation. 
And then there were some uncommon benefits like in-home support, bathroom safety, the Part B rebate, telemonitoring, and caregiver support. Definitely recommend taking a look at that table. We will have the link in our notes. And the other article I want to mention here, I perked up as soon as I saw the title, Medicare Beneficiaries Rarely Change Their Coverage During Open Enrollment. Now, the reason I perked up is because this is historically not the most well-studied area of Medicare enrollment. It's tough to find surveys and studies related to this, so Getting one with numbers from changes in enrollment from 2019 to 2020, Christmas has come early. 10% of Medicare Advantage enrollees voluntarily switched their plans during the 2020 enrollment period. So 10% of Medicare Advantage enrollees voluntarily changed their coverage from plan year 2019 to plan year 2020. But that 10% accounts for 1.2 million beneficiaries. And then more beneficiaries tend to switch their prescription drug plans. In fact, almost twice as many original Medicare beneficiaries, 18% or 2.3 million beneficiaries, switched from a PDP to another PDP. And then 3%, or about 438,000 beneficiaries, switched from original Medicare and a standalone PDP to a Medicare Advantage with prescription drug coverage. In addition to that overall data, there are some visual tables that show the change in switching behavior from year to year. And then there is also a table showing the age breakout of beneficiaries who decide to switch. Again, we will be linking to all of those studies and analyses from Kaiser in our notes. And let us know if you have questions or would like us to go more in-depth with those studies. Number three. We are past the halfway point of AEP. We are well into the new TPMO call recording rules and regulations. It is a growing pain for our industry right now, and hopefully you've developed a process for recording those calls that feels pretty seamless. If you're not liking your current process, though, I would invite you to try out our solution, CallVault. We will have some info on that in the notes if you're curious. But I think the biggest question on everyone's minds, especially during AEP, since it's such a limited time frame, what do you do if your client refuses recording? They have every right to do that because legally, You cannot record a phone conversation without the other person's consent. But you also can't continue the call without recording and receiving that consent. So I want to quickly go over some of the options you have and some that you do not have. First and foremost, there is no option to opt out of call recording. If your client doesn't want to be recorded, You must organize an in-person meeting with them, end the call, and reach out in another way. Now, with our Call Vault system, we have script suggestions in there for what you can say 
and how you can compliantly handle the situation. But to be compliant, you must end the call and then reach out compliantly in another way. And of course, that leads us to what happens if the person doesn't want the call recorded, but they cannot meet in person. Unfortunately, you may need to forfeit the sale. That is a situation in which there really is no workaround. We've also been asked if clients can enroll online with Medicareful without a sales presentation if they refuse recording the call. And that is also a no, because you still must complete that full sales presentation to make sure that the enrollment you're completing is the most suitable plan for your client's needs. Moving on, if a client refuses the recording and you don't have their email, what happens? Well, If you don't have any other way of compliantly contacting them, you may have to forfeit the sale. If you have their mailing address, you can try reaching out via direct mail, but if that's not an option, there's no way to compliantly reach out and continue the process. And then we've also been getting questions about how long that recording refusal stays in place. And I think this stems from a scope of appointment and how long that lasts. But the refusal to be recorded applies to the current call and cannot be used as a blanket for all future calls. Now, as I said, there are growing pains that come along with new processes. And call recordings are just the most recent version of that. If you have a question about call recording that was not answered here in this episode, we've got a very thorough list of FAQs on our blog that we keep adding to as agents continue to ask questions. That will be linked in our notes, so check that out if you have questions or send them our way here at the podcast and we will answer them in a future episode. Number four, last Friday, a group of 11 Democratic senators wrote a letter to CMS requesting changes to Medicare Advantage marketing practices. Their sentiments echo much of what CMS stated in their October memo, citing misleading ad materials, aggressive marketing tactics, and even deception. In addition to the changes put forth by CMS, the letter calls for a return to more stringent marketing rules that were in place prior to the Trump administration. The group would like to see consumer protections prohibiting marketing and educational events from taking place on the same day. They would like to see the grievances and appeals process outlined in marketing materials. The memo also suggests monitoring Medicare Advantage disenrollment patterns, clear guidelines and trainings for agents and brokers, as well as more rules around marketing materials. Now, quite honestly, a lot of those protections are already in place and the majority of agents are acting in good faith, but the couple of bad actors unfortunately ruin it for everyone. Now, while this memo was signed by 11 Democratic senators, 
and control of the Senate is now held by Democrats. With a Republican House and largely bipartisan support of the Medicare Advantage program, I'm not sure that we will see too much action on this front. Now, I do think we could see more guidance from CMS with insight gained from this AEP, but I think it will be much more tailored to specific areas, like the rule about television ads that is set to take effect in 2023. Number five, as we are approaching Thanksgiving next week, many of us are finalizing our Turkey Day menus. Now, inflation means that the cost of this year's holiday meal for 10 has gone up to $64.05 from last year's $53.51. Those prices include the cost of turkey, stuffing, sweet potatoes, rolls, butter, peas, cranberries, a veggie tray, and ingredients for pumpkin pie, including the whipped cream. Now, at my house, there are only three of us, but, you know, like everyone else, we cook with the idea of having leftovers in mind. Our list of side dishes is a little bit different than the ones cited in the Farm Bureau's estimates. But in our most recent marketing meeting, we took part in a fun exercise where everyone who spoke had to answer this question. And it was a fun exercise. It brought about some interesting conversations. So I will posit it to you as well. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Let us know. You can do that by emailing us at asgpodcast at ridderim.com. Or call us and leave a voicemail at 1-717-562-7211. My favorite side dish, and I have two, one from each side of the family, my side and my husband's side. First up, my side of the family, and that would be the classic green bean casserole, complete with crispy French's onions on top. And then on my husband's side, a butternut squash soup with sausage crumbles that I absolutely love. Now, if you're still working on the menu for your meal, same, we will have the link to a few recipes in our notes, just in case you'd like to try something new or a little bit different this year. As we head into the weekend and the holiday week, I just want to let you know how thankful we are for you our listeners. So many of you have listened, liked, followed, and supported our show. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you for that. Because without you, we would not be able to keep doing what we do. So thanks again for that. It is so appreciated. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. Happy Thanksgiving and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 